I want to touch on a few points. First of all, practice is actually quite simple. Yeah. But it does mean, it does involve being able to translate the complexities of your personal circumstances into fairly simple emotional patterns yeah, for meditation. <laughs> and then, yeah, until you find a place where things are you know, grounded, you're not overwhelmed, you're not flooded, you're not rattling, you're not gripping hard, you're not shaking, you're not defending yourself, you've got some steady ground. You know. And really finding that and, and experiencing that and opening to that, you know, not leaving it, it's really meditation, really staying in it and breathing it, because the quality of breathing, I don't just mean the air, but the energy that goes along with breathing carries the dominant emotional signal that you're experiencing right now. So if that dominant emotional signal is one of fear, you will breathe fear through your body. If your dominant emotional signal is one of of, uh, feeling overwhelmed, you'll breathe that through your body. If your dominant emotional signal is feeling grounded, you'll breathe that through your body. You don't have a choice. It's not a decision to do it. It's just that the breathing picks up the dominant emotional signal and it transfers it through the system. And our topic is to get the right signal. (laughs) Quite crucial, isn't it? And where do you get it from? Well, you look around, you know. Oh, I don't, don't want to get it from that, 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 that. You know, everybody's, well, many people are living in, in crisis situations. Uh, yeah, naturally, they're dealing with, my mother's got dementia. You know, I'm struggling to get by. I've got my, you know, I've got to deal with my children and I work and I don't feel so good myself. My health run down. Utterly, yeah, really, this is not lightweight stuff, is it? And yes, surely one would try to make some remedial moves to to allay that situation. But, you know, there's a point in which giving more attention to it is not going to actually solve the situation. And this is something to, to understand, you know, because... Often we're in these kind of very challenging things where we feel, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, make sure that works, so, 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 and so, she's unhappy, this is really pressing. And you keep giving more attention to it in order to to change it, to get it better. That's totally understandable. But at a certain point, you're not getting it better, you're just getting rolled over by it. You you, You know, your system is getting infected you could almost be traumatized by it. Yeah. And you need to do first some immediate steps to regain, find your health, balance, stability, space, whatever you call it. And then do some long term measures to keep in touch with it. And so often in meditation, we're dealing really with the short term, immediate things. From there, you know, 
if you get some immediate sense of finding your ground, your space, your life, your rhythm, your flow, you know, what you want to call it. And then you look around and say, okay, this is really important. I cannot function without this. I just get into total reactivity. Uh, now, if I look at my situation again, in this situation, what really can I do? What can I manage? What do I just have to say? I have to let go of that. I have to give that one up. That's just not a situation that can work. And none of these inquiries are lightweight. Mm-hmm. So changing our lifestyle, changing what we give attention to, disciplining ourselves, um, because really we're an open system. And we're kind of supposed to be an open system in order to both to learn and respond to what's possible also to transmit our qualities out you know so we're supposed to be like that but there has to be a protector you know somebody at the gate you could say (laughs) and your job is to get that person at the gate (laughs) at the gate of your heart who says not right now no entry later or just this much yeah and that's more the long term process that you can encourage to build up so i'm saying again you know the skill is to get what we call the the felt sense or the signal in buddhism it's called nimitta the defining characteristic which is actually very simple it's the signal that hits the heart when there's a whole array and a cascade of sensory and psychological phenomena. Mm. And that is summarised as at one particular signal. The signal could be overwhelm, just overwhelmed. It's always, you know, it's, it's very simple. It may not be what you want to hear, of course. <laughs> but, oh, we're desperate, struggling, you know, panicking. Uh, you know, no air, uh, can't breathe, uh, no space. No ground, you know, something like that. The words you use are, are kind of your choice, but they should always be like one word or two words. If it's more than that, it's just your head talking and not your heart. And your head will, will actually tend to reiterate the problem. Even if it's trying to find a solution, it will still be part of the problem rather than part of the solution. As in, I've got so many things to do and this person's on my back and I've got to deal with this personal problem in my health system and my mother's doing this and that and the other. So you start to think about it. Deal with that. And then it becomes even more stuff I've got to do trying to work it all out and, and trying to figure it out. So, And I'm getting more and more mesmerized by this scenario. So in a way, the thinking mind becomes part of the problem. It's also part of the solution, but the idea is to to trim and prune the thinking mind. So you just say, just give me one word for all that. Even if it's a guess. And it it should be concrete rather than abstract, not uh, I'm psychologically unbalanced. That's true, but... The one heart word is shaking. Can't stand, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a kind of really simple, earthy 
earthy experience. Mm. Mm. Smothered. Weighed down. Mm. Mm. Yeah. No space. Trapped. Mm. These kinds of things. These are not comfortable terms. But if we're dealing with problems, then you get that one signal and okay and then yeah. <laughs> do you really want to know <laughs> okay how is that in the body and then the whole body and as I've suggested you may think you have the whole picture because all you know is what your awareness tells you and your awareness, if it's constricted, will give you a very full picture of the constricted state. And you'll think that's the whole picture. Yeah. So it won't notice the butterfly moving past the window. It won't notice the, the, um, the warmth in the room. It won't notice the, um, you know, the, the nature of your, your, your back or your spinal cord. It won't notice that. It will notice... The thing that it's constricted by. Constricted awareness tells you all about details of constriction in the present and it will bring in the stuff from the past. It will give you a very full multifaceted picture of the problem. You think that's the whole picture. Um, No. (laughs) So what else is there? Well Similarly, you know, checking your, your body, how much of your body is here. Oh, it's all here, all right. Painful, uncomfortable thing. That's not your whole body. That's, the, yes, your pain body. And you're in a constricted state. You experience those aspects of your body that fit the constricted state. Hmm? Gripping. Gripping in the abdomen, closure in the chest, um, tension in the hands. So let's say, well, you know, what about just sweeping down the back, for example? You didn't even know you had a back. Do you know you have the back of your head or you just all face? The face is what, a fifth of the head? What about the ears and back? and down the neck. And what about across the top of the collar, the uh, top of the shoulders and down the arms? What about the soft side of the arms, the underarm? What about the side of your ribs? How's that? Mm. What about the legs? The soles of the feet? the palms, the hands. What about the ground beneath you that is part of your body experience? What about the space in front of your throat, around your throat, that enables you to breathe? That's part of your bodily experience. Yeah, but that's not, no. Your constricted state says that's not important. 
because it doesn't fit the constricted picture, which you keep getting drawn back into. If you want out, you've got to realize the wholeness that you're not experiencing. And intellectually, it doesn't present any solutions. So we think, this isn't going to do me any good. But I'm telling you, there are no intellectual solutions. <laughs> Otherwise you'd have found them by now. There aren't any intellectual solutions. There's intellectual management, there's no intellectual solution to, to life. Everybody's life's a tragedy. <laughs> we all die. Uh, we all get sick and pain and die. So there's no solution to that intellectually, but there's a resolution which is not intellectual. Uh, so embodied, heartful, finding the missing piece. Staying in the missing piece that's not being activated by difficult emotions, but not closing them down. We really open, we open from our contracted, painful experience into our uncontracted experience, put the two together. So the uncontracted will then begin to drain the energy out of the contracted. The body finds its balance, it's a natural balancing system. Yeah? The body finds its balance. If you stand up and you're not intoxicated, your body will find a balance. You don't have to tell it to, it will find a balance. It does it. It's a balancing system. Similarly, we have an inflamed, contracted state happening in our body. If you go to the uncontracted, the body will begin to balance it. And that means discharging surplus energy. As we know, afflictive emotions have huge amounts of powerful energy uh, capture. So... Now we're not dealing with the images, the topics, what my sister's about, what my son isn't doing. You can't deal with that now. You can deal with the effect it's having on you. If you deal with that, you'll be able to review the situation from a much cleaner, more skillful place. That's what we can do now in, in this particular session. And then from there you can look at how you can respond to your domestic situation. You find the balance. The body is a natural balancing system. Why should it not be? It has to be, doesn't it, to function. But, yeah, so then when the body comes into wholeness, the imbalance begins to be naturally addressed. Tension is frozen energy. So when I say energy, I don't mean you're jumping up and down. I mean there's a lot of juice flowing into certain areas of your psychology, which become so crammed full that they start spinning around, vortexes, or they lock solid. It's a traffic jam of stuff, of energy. So we need to provide a drainage channel for those qualities to, to drain. You can't do it intellectually. Okay. Now, admittedly, this does take some, some skill 
to really begin to pull your awareness out of the contracted state and turn it towards something uncontracted. That's what bodies are for. It doesn't mean conjuring up notions. That's what bodies do. But we uh, need to cultivate it. And also there are subtle areas where the body itself has become closed because of long-term constriction. And I'll talk about that in due course. Now, it sounds like it's all about challenge, but do remember that we also have positive, what we call positive emotions, <laughs> or seemingly positive emotions. We feel good, we feel bright, we feel happy, we feel flowing, and you know, you know things are really moving. These also have to be managed. So, as I said, I'm not talking about annihilating negative emotions. I'm certainly not talking about suppressing positive emotions. I'm talking about managing them. So what can occur with positive emotions if we don't manage them is we get a little bit giddy with it, slightly intoxicated with it. We lose balance with it. We fall in love with things. We get uh, uh, attached to things, uh, phenomena, people obviously whatever that is, as a flooding. And uh, this, in a way, means we get literally swept off our feet, as the old cliché goes. (laughs) And we can't like it until something goes wrong and you crash. You know, the broken heart, the disappointment. So there's also had to be managed, and when we manage positive emotion, actually the beauty of it is that it's just a matter of stabilizing, and then the, the fruitful energy of a positive emotions is, is calmed and steadied, and this saturates the body. And this is really helpful, and right there, mainline, mainstream Buddha Dharma, <laughs> the Buddha said, you really want to do this, because this is what helps to reform your body formation. Now, your body formation, what's that mean? I've talked about your emotional profile, also talking about your embodied profile. There's your bodily formation. Yeah. Now, what this means on uh, one sense is that, you know, you may have a lot happening up in your shoulders. Most people have a lot happening up in the top half of their body, shoulders, upper chest, face. It can be a fairly constricted bodily profile. Felt sense of your body is something that you're within. You're within it. You're inside it. So what's that mean? You know, what's inside? Obviously there are guts and bones inside, but how did the you get inside that? 
you get inside it because the body has an experience of distinct boundaries that are pretty inflexible and you're inside that. And you get used to it and that can be quite narrow but you don't know it it's narrow because that's what you know. To you it feels normal because that's your your norm is that way. That's your bodily formation. It means you could say the subtle patterning of your nervous energy, the particular habitual state of your, of your nervous energy. And the Buddha recommended that this be moderated by breathing in and breathing out. Because the breathing in and breathing out goes through the entire bodily system from the abdomen up to into the head, the nerves and the energies travel this way. And if that is fully accessed with positive emotional state, it begins to kind of open the body, balance the body. Until he says there's not one part of your body that isn't saturated with pleasure and comfort. He said, I encourage you to do this. Because it takes out the dents, you could say, in your body. It takes away the body armour, you must have heard of that. The body armouring, the closure in the chest, the hunch in the shoulders. Yeah? The way we hold our bodies, slightly cramped because of social intrusion or fear of social intrusion or the feeling you need to be made small, to be, you know, um, not noticed. So this is bodily formation. Your felt body feels like that. And that felt body may change according to particular emotional um, contexts. Signals, again, signs and signals. I come into an auditorium, I go on the stage, there's 500 people looking at me, I feel very small. Yeah. Uh, I go to the top of a mountain, nobody's around, I feel vast. <laughs> yeah. Open, spacious, vast. The signalling of the environment is affecting you and your bodily formation is responding to that. You know, I was feeling pretty tall and big, then some fellow in a uniform came along, looked at me with a cold glaze and I felt suddenly small and crunched and hunched over and cowed. <laughs> yeah. And then I went to see that my, you know, my granddaughter turned up and I felt big and open and she was smiling and I felt really wide and spacious. It's your bodily formation. Signaled, signs, signals, trigger it. And we want to be able to, as I said, get a handle on that signaling system. Yeah, so First of all, to not keep infecting ourselves with afflictive signals, but then also to begin to know how we can heal ourselves with affirmative signal. And the affirmative signal, you find out what that is. But it's not, it's always going to be whole, covers the whole body and makes the body feel settled. Whereas excitement... You know, passion may have a positive surge to it, 
but you lose your feet. You get swept off the ground, you lose your spine, you lose your back, you lose that, that stability. So the Buddha is saying, you should seek pleasure. You should seek pleasure. I teach pleasure. And people are going, what? Monk? Buddha teaching pleasure? He said, yeah, I teach pleasure. But this is a pleasure not born of circumstances and sense contact, but born of massaging your entire bodily formation. And you can do this. Yeah. So you come out of a contracted state. You know, you change your body. Your experience of body changes to something that actually doesn't have hard boundaries. It's porous. And sometimes it can more or less just become like a, uh, a radiant glow with no particular edges to it. And so Buddha could experience that. It's a samadhi experience. He said, you should, you know, this is certainly desirable. And, you know, people have issues with desire. This is craving. Mm. Craving is to be broken, to be eliminated. Mm. Yes, craving is, but desire isn't. Mm. Craving is one form of desire, which is insatiable. Mm. Mm. Uh, because it's, um, it, it comes from a, a, a diseased place, and it's, it's always wanting to have something more put into it. There's a kind of desire called motivation, chanda, which is considered to be a spiritual faculty, uh, one of the four fundamental paths to success, chanda. Motivation, one is eager, one is enthusiastic, one is motivated. Therefore, because one's motivated, one brings forth energy. One brings forth energy, one applies it skillfully, one establishes mindfulness, and so forth. So he's saying, yeah, be motivated towards finding one's own pleasure. Really, your own pleasure. And pleasure is not bound up with changing circumstances, but internally, in your own body. And this is what would have called samadhi. We call it concentration. It's a very, uh, has some unfortunate nuances to it, but firm, steady, comfortable quality. It comes around through mindfulness, not through concentrating. And the mindfulness is to keep bearing in mind, discharge the unwholesome, abide in the wholesome, Keep doing that time and time again, and gradually things firm up. It's not a mysterious process. Where is the wholesome? Yeah. When one's mind is obsessed by worry, it's not good to attend to things that cause you worry. It's best to attend to things that give you a sense of stability. When the mind is overwhelmed with depression and sadness, it's not wise to give attention to depressing, saddening phenomena. It's wise to give attention to uplifting, gladdening phenomena called wise attention, careful attention. Yeah. Whereas, it's kind of simple, isn't it? And yet, when there's depressing phenomena, I go into, oh, goodness me, look at that. That reminds me of this. Yes, and five years ago they did that. And it's always like that. And basically, people are just a failed species. You know, everywhere there's too many of us. We're destroying the planet. 
what can you do? And this guy's an autocrat, corrupt governments, you know, poison, you know. Okay, you go that way. <laughs> and all you've done is, is sit here. You haven't actually done anything useful apart from depress yourself. And we kind of get into this. This vaccination with, with depression. Depressing phenomena. Because that's kind of what, what news is about, really. They don't say... Oh, Bhikkhu Suchito had a really average day out in there in West Sussex. He kind of got up, did some meditation, had a cup of tea, had his breakfast, you know, talking to people, life's okay, and a few of this and that. Not news. <laughs> Earthquake in Nicaragua, news, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> or football, you know, excitement. So-and-so, so-and-so, called 3-0, well, fantastic, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> excitement and depression. <laughs> In other words, everything to rock your nervous system out of balance. I'm not saying these things don't happen, but that's not the whole picture. We go to the wholeness, then we you know, and say, what well, do you need to return to the wholeness? You're in balance with depression and gloom. Okay. Now, a small exercise to pick up at any time today or any time, really, just to imagine. Imagine how you would feel, what it would feel to feel happy, complete, comfortable, settled. Now, whether that's, you know, scuba diving off the Seychelles or having tea with your aunt, doesn't really matter at this particular moment, because you're not going to do any of these right now. You're just going to create a signal. Create a signal. And that signal may represent freedom. It may represent brightness. It may represent warm company. It may represent, I don't know. What do you need? So what would, what would your happiness, what would your comfort, what would your satisfaction feel like now? And just bring up an image or two. Play with it. It's a game. Self-respect. Security. Friendship. Freedom, space, and just see what your body does if you reflect carefully on one or two of these of your signals till you're finding one or two signals that take you to a, a place of some satisfaction, not necessarily excitement. It could be a little bit exciting, <laughs> as long as it ends up with satisfaction. Is this, you know,
and breathe it. And take it down into your belly. Take it right into your core. I don't know where these places are for you. Could be your chest, could be your belly, could be your throat, doesn't really matter. Somewhere really entering something core, a core, a center. This is core presence. And breathe it. Let the breath move into that and move through that. And slowly, as if it's like a steam, just steaming through the tissues, particularly the joints where the arms hinge onto the body, where the wrists hinge, connect to the arms, and the fingers to the palms. So, from the core, from your center, down through the body, where the legs join the trunk, as if that joint, where the leg joins the trunk, you see, if you look at your anatomy, you've got a big groove there between your belly and your thigh. So just breathing, as if you could open that open that joint up to allow your abdomen to sink a little lower and more completely down through the legs and as far as it'll go. It may, you may find you can reach down into your feet, relaxing the soles of the feet, opening the soles of the feet,
the very sense of the edge of your body. Mm. That seems to define your body as a container that you're in. The very sense of the edge of it, which we probably imagine is our skin, but it's actually not our skin. <laughs> it's the edge of your, your sensitivity. Right? Now when what's around you is very safe and open and welcoming, energy can begin to gently stream from the edge of your sensitivity into the space because there's no obstruction. Nothing you have to look like or be. So we come to the edge of your sensitivity, which you may call your skin. And beyond that, openness, warm, breathing from the core. through the edges and it's not a pumping it's not like breathe out push it out it's just feel the rhythm of breathing settle in to feel comfortable with that flow feel warm and settled in that flow and then connect your awareness to that as you mindfulness <laughs> and then begin to expand the mindfulness to include a wider area of your body, moving through the joints without losing the centre. So it's an expanding focus, moving through the joints and through the sensations. Some of these may be associated with a certain gripping or holding. Allow yourself not to have to hold or get it right. Sense the space around you is holding you. You don't have to hold yourself. Ground beneath is holding you. Breath inside is keeping you alive. You don't have to work for it. Noticing any areas that seem to be resisting. Not quite opening, comfortable. Don't push it. Embrace those areas. Accepting 
welcoming, letting them shift in their own time. explore all directions so we tend to emphasize the forward and the up but also do continue to explore behind and beneath and below rounding it out behind me is steady stable front of me is open, warm. It's changing the bodily formation. Over time, you cultivate, begin to change the heart formation. I mean, you don't exactly do this, but you're encouraging the heart to check out. How do I feel with this? Is it okay? Can I allow myself to be this? It's kind of open, um, not doing anything. <laughs> not working, not helping anybody, not being busy, not being important, not getting anything done. <laughs> yeah. Those are heart formations. Can they change into, look, you know, you were given life. You didn't have to work for it. Enjoy. 
This is called feeding yourself. It's not against the law. Not against this law anyway. So you should seek your own pleasure. A skillful pleasure, blameless, free from intoxication or theft, corruption. So then we begin to do the very significant work of shifting the personality form, which is the sum total of the habitual heart formation, which is called the personality form. So this may be associated with uh, need to do, need to be. always needy, need to do something, need to be something, need to do something for somebody else, need to be good enough for somebody else, need to find out something, need to change myself into something, shouldn't be this way, should be another way. This is the corrupted heart formation, which we get used to and act upon. What about changing the heart formation with the signal there's no debt, paid off, free, no obligation. Mm. You're good enough. 